Hey Northridge, welcome to A Little Better, where our goal is to know God better and to do better so that we can be a little better. Hey everyone and welcome back to A Little Better. My name is Aaron Hickson. I'm the Rochester Campus Pastor and I am joined by Drew, our lead pastor. Thank you guys so much for listening and watching. And I'm going to ask you again, as always, to rate, review, subscribe, engage digitally with this content. Thank you for doing that. And I also am just going to say we are in the Christmas spirit here with Mr. Christmas. And so we're going to do a giveaway, which we have brainstormed for exactly four seconds. And so just know that this is going to be a wonderful idea that we're totally not making up on the fly. And that is we're going to ask everyone to uh, email in to podcast at northridgerochester.com and here's the here's the giveaway it's a ten dollar gift card to the the coffee shop of your choice to the person who tells us the best christmas movie of all time and why now that's a subjective question and yes, I did just make up that question. It's not subjective. I know the answer. So <laughs> okay. So Drew has a correct answer. I was going to leave it open to basically whoever could come up with the best explanation. Um, because I can also promise you that Drew and I's movie is not the same. So if you're wondering that if there's a hidden answer, I promise ours is not the same. But um, yeah, so okay. Whoever does that and by next week, uh, we will have a winner. So you got to get... If you listen on a delay, I mean, feel free to do it. The giveaway might've already happened, but if you're, if you're a on week listener, we're going to be giving away over the next couple of weeks, some, some things. So in the Christmas spirit, best Christmas movie and why, and we will pick a winner. Um, that's where you need to send it to. Yes. Podcast at northridgerochester.com. If you send it to, uh, yeah, just do that one. Also, I was talking to Graham Sproul this week and I just want to shout him out right now because he said, unpopular opinion, hot take. He thinks that white Christmas is not a Christmas movie. And his explanation was that it's not Christmas until like the very end of the movie. And I'm, I'm just going to rip that theory to shreds right now without his ability to back it up. Uh, Cause for one, it's called white Christmas <laughs> and it's also building up to the climax of a white Christmas. It doesn't, doesn't, the whole thing doesn't have to take place on Christmas for it to be a Christmas movie. He said that Harry Potter is more of a Christmas movie than, than white Christmas. And I just, he's a dedicated listener. And I just got to say, Graham, you're wrong. You know, Hey, this is exactly what I talked about with your Grinches. You know, first you judge them and then you gossip about them. (laughs) And you just, you just proved my preaching on Sunday to be 100% accurate because you just lived it out. I did. I talked about him so bad in front of everyone in a, something that came from a private text thread and it's just now so public. Wow. Okay. Nothing is safe. Nothing is sacred. <laughs> Ram, oh. I got your back, bro. I got your back. <laughs> well, Hey, I just can't expect rapid change that like, I'm going to have to expect Graham to just keep watching this movie over and over and maybe his heart will grow to the correct size. Oh my goodness. Wow. Okay. So I, if I was wondering, um, if you could tell all of our listeners about what our staff spent the last week doing, which was the strangest change of pace for all of us in our jobs that I think I've ever had. <laughs> yeah, you know, in seminary or, you know, ministry school or really uh, probably not a lot of schools, do they train you to be UPS drivers, right? <laughs> and so they do not. <laughs> we, everybody on our staff. Uh, became UPS drivers this week where we delivered uh, a little package, uh, a couple packages to uh, 
people in our church's home. So some candy, some popcorn, one to keep and enjoy as a family and, and the other one to give away as an invite to the, this Christmas at the movie series. And so it was, it was interesting, you know, um, I, I don't like driving. Okay. I'm not a road trip guy and going from one place and stopping to in the next, to the next. I mean, I think I had 45 deliveries on Thursday. I dragged Joelle with me. She loved it. She was like, daddy, can I, can I, can I drop it off at the, the door? And I'm like, sure, go ahead, baby. Like every time. So one time we got this one house and there was a dog at the front door barking. And Joel's like, no, daddy, daddy, you got this one. <laughs> so it's really cool to, to, you know, get those. You didn't get one, man. I encourage you. If you want to pop by one of our campuses, we can give you one of those, uh, two of those to one to enjoy and one to share. Yeah, we've got them available at Rochester and Webster. We've got extras, um, not like limitless extras, but some. So a um, couple hundred probably. So stop on by. We'd love for you to not only, like you said, not only enjoy it, but use it as a pie squared opportunity. It just says, you know, Christmas at the movies, Sundays in December, and it gives a link to join online. It's like a no pressure thing. It doesn't involve like people violating, you know, what they feel about COVID or something. So it's like a very, very safe invite. Um, and again, we delivered them, but of course, you know how databases and bad addresses and all that kind of stuff goes. It's very, we, anytime we do something like this, we discover all the holes that we have in terms of data on people. So if you didn't get one, don't be offended. We'd love to make sure that you get, that you get one. Um, but yeah, we had all kinds of stories. I have so much more respect for UPS drivers and, and like male folks and all those kind of things. I, I mean, for one, I was in Palmyra. I didn't even know Palmyra was anywhere within, I don't know. It's just, it was I, I didn't know where it was, but I was there. And I thought, what kind of a dedicated person is coming from Palmyra to one of our canvases? So congratulations. And also, I was ding-dong ditching more times in the last week. Lauren helped me, which was very helpful with these deliveries. But I was I would like run up, stick it in the door, ding-dong, and then like run away as fast as I could. I just looked at the door. I wanted it to be a complete surprise. So like if, oh. I was I was ringing if I felt like their front door is one of those front doors that hasn't been opened in like eight months. You know what I mean? Like, you know, how some people the way that their house is set up, you kind of feel like that door exists, but I'm not sure that anyone's ever used it. But I wasn't about to go to like the side door where I was going to get caught. So I like would put it in the front door and then ding dong and hope the doorbell worked. There are a couple houses where I dropped off uh, some stuff thinking this might not be found until summer. <laughs> Just random <laughs> mowing the lawn, you hit the front door, you check it. Like, what is this? Some M&Ms. <laughs> oh my God. M&Ms. Uh, yeah, or like apartment complexes. There were some that I was not confident at all that I got it in the right slot. But because I don't know how, how like when we lived in an apartment, I don't think that it was ever updated, like what name was there. So whatever. I just, we went for it. But anyway, it was a fun uh, side project. Well, fun is one word for it, but we got it to everybody and I think it's a good tool. So I don't know how else we would have done it, uh, but shout out to the staff and their flexibility on that one. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this week was week one of at the movies uh, for the rest of December. We'll be doing this um, for the next few weeks. And I think you said the word Grinch. I had an informal tally of 347 times on Sunday morning. <laughs> Another thing that they don't say that you're going to do a lot of in seminary is talk about the Grinch. It's very true. The Grinch is uh, quite a character. It was actually a unique look at the Grinch. I had somebody on Sunday be like, I'll never watch that movie the same again. Dude. I can't believe you pulled all of that out of the Grinch. And I was like, hey, man. 
you know, sermon prep, watching the movie, deciphering it and, you know, looking at <laughs> biblical parallels. Yeah. I, uh, I had a, a pastor in, in college who would talk about how we need to exegete our culture. And he called movies, the stained glass of our culture. So like way back in the day, stained glass was a way to depict culture and to encapsulate like ideas. There was a lot of symbolism and that kind of thing in stained glass. And they said, movies are that for our culture where there's a lot to discern a lot of good and bad messaging. And, And if we're careful, we can find both parallels and disagreements, you know, obviously with, with culture's movies, the Jim Carrey version of the Grinch. I'm sure there's another version. I, I don't know. I, I don't know that I've seen another version. What's the other version? What? Are you serious, bro? I'm being so serious. What? <laughs> More versions. There's a classic, like an old, old classic. The one I grew up watching up. It's like cartoonish. Okay. And then there's the Jim Carrey one. There's multiple other versions. And then there was a new one that was just released, I think, last year. Oh. Animated. It's great. Good. Well, oh, now that you say that, that's something really familiar. I'm remembering posters from the movie theater. <laughs> I forgot about that. But Jim Carrey, what's... You had a campus in the movie theater, bro. I am horrible at movies. I'm not going to lie. I haven't... The movie trivia trailer, I haven't seen any of those movies. The whatever they were. I don't even remember what they were. I haven't, yeah, I've never even seen Home Alone. No, I have <laughs> I know. It's All right, bad. Guys, this, this podcast is finished. <laughs> we're done. You have not seen Home Alone? I, I don't know what's wrong, but there's a lot wrong. And that's one of the things. I'll work on it. I'll try to get it. I'll try to get it in. No fear. I will disciple Aaron. <laughs> really, bro? Re- like, what is Grayson and Lincoln going to have as a childhood? I don't know, but it won't be any fun. I, I didn't have a game <laughs> system. My mom's probably going to listen to this and and disagree, but like... I, I don't know. I've just never seen it. I don't know. But I have seen, for the record, Graham, I have seen White Christmas, and it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> um, oh. Anyway. I mean, White Christmas is okay, bro. It's okay. But, like, <laughs> Lord help us. Lord help us. Jim Carrey, and what's funny to me about his rendition of The Grinch is that somehow, despite, like, the mask and everything that's true about whatever he's wearing – it still looks like his face and all like the insane facial expressions that he always makes. He's always like really eccentric in his face movements and his arm movements and everything. It just still looks exactly like Jim Carrey, just covered in a green suit. But regardless, let's jump in. The series as a whole, I recognize is a little strange because, um, you know, we're not saying turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 12, right? Like we're saying, check out this video. So how is that justifiable? Why is that justifiable? Do people feel tension? Should we feel attention about that? Talk to me about it. Yeah, I mean, I think we're following an example of a very influential uh, Christian leader in the Apostle Paul. And I mentioned this in my message. He, he was a mastermind at using the culture that he was in. And what, what's amazing about uh, Paul is as you study his missionary journeys, he had to adjust to a lot of different cultures. So mm-hmm. like he was is traveling all around and he would study his culture. He'd get to know his culture to use it as a platform, as a tool to teach people about God, about how to follow God. And ultimately that's what we're doing is we're using one of the ways culture speaks today is through movies. And, you know, just as a sidebar for, for many of us as Christians, we got to be careful what we're watching in Mm. culture because a lot seeps in that we often don't think, you know, like it's almost like osmosis, right? Like yeah, things we watch, whether we recognize it or not, are going to seep into our hearts. And so we have to be careful. Uh, and so what we're doing in the series is really what Paul did 
you know, all throughout his ministry is using culture as a tool to really pull out biblical parallels so we can learn and decipher what's true, what's not, and walk forward towards Christ. And I think it's actually a, a good tool to learn as we, you know, interact with culture. You can't get away from the culture that you live in and learning to, to find the good in it, the biblical parallels in it, but also to, you know, get rid of the bones that, that we shouldn't keep and hang on to. And so I think not only are we doing it together, but we're teaching people, we're discipling people to grow better in their faith and learn how to, you know, experience culture, but keep what is good and, and get rid of what is bad. Yeah, I hear you. There's there's a discernment training that can be going on in that sense where we're going like, hey, you're constant, constant media input. Like we need to be able to A, reject some media and B, um, decipher truth from other media source, sources. And I feel like the, the kind of old adage, like that all truth is God's truth. Like we can find um, the truth of the scriptures in places other than the scriptures, if we're looking carefully enough. Now I will say, and I think that this is, it maybe bears mentioning because I don't want someone to hear this and misunderstand. Like if you have an instinct that is to say, a sermon ought to be about the Bible. That's a good instinct, right? Like that. So when you hear we're going to preach movies, I think you're uh, somebody who has been discipled into, into a biblical worldview should immediately have their radar up to say like, whoa, 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 that sounds sketchy. <laughs> like that's not what we're about. We're about explaining the scriptures. That's the purpose of preaching. Um, so I think a, that's an absolutely good instinct. B, I don't think that we have to violate that instinct in order to do a series like this. And then third of all, if this is all we did, it would be very concerning, right? Like if, if all we ever did was talk about movies, I would be super concerned doing this once a year. I understand has it's that could also be concerning to some people, whatever. I think the big, the big thing to me would be so long as we don't violate the truth of the scriptures, in order to make it fit the movie, that's a problem. And as long as this doesn't become our habit that all we're ever doing is looking to culture and then looking back at the Bible. Um, So we're not necessarily doing that in the sense of we're not looking to culture to, to tell us what's truth or not. We're looking at culture and seeing what they say and we're using scriptures to determine what we keep and what we don't keep. Sure, and sifting. I think as, as, as a Christ follower, I have to be able to live in the culture that I am, be in the world, but not of it. And part of being not of the world is learning to decipher what's out there and what's good and what's not. And, you know, it's why we use the scriptures every time we are not showing up like, Hey, let's watch this movie. Let's, let's talk about it. So it's not a book club. Like Mm -hmm. we're looking at God's word and pulling parallels from his word in cultures, movies. And so, Mm -hmm. and the goal, I think, again, the goal of this is not to have a fun Sunday. The goal is to look more like Jesus to grow. The goal is always the same. It's more and better. We want to reach people far from God and we want to grow people closer to God and disciple them. And so, yeah, I think those are the things that we always have to to make sure are are true, no matter what series we're doing. Totally. Um, so I, I just felt like that was a conversation worth having. I'm sure that there are, especially the kinds of folks that find this podcast interesting, as strange as they may be, <laughs> would, would find a conversation like that interesting. You just call our, our audience strange. I, I call them strange because they find us interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but okay. So, um, when you were walking through this, you talked about the, our responses to the Grinch, we judge them, we gossip about them, we give up on them. Um, 
because the Grinch was so is so synonymous with person who hates Christmas. I think I had to take a moment to um, step back and recognize them as just a difficult person, right? Yeah. It's almost just like the EGR in your group or any, anybody that, and you mentioned like for somebody who complains a lot at work, whatever, like there's, there's a, a million iterations of what a Grinch is. Now, obviously he's specific to Christmas, but we were saying just difficult people in your life. Um, but so, yeah, I had, to, I had to take that step, but then we judge them, gossip with them and give up on them. Why do you feel like that's our inclination, you know, like the mayor of Whoville, whatever his name is, um, Grinchless Christmases. Why do we want those so badly? I think multiple reasons. I think one, it's, it's just easier, right? <clears throat> we naturally, we try to take the path of least resistance. That's just who we are. And that's who I am. That's we want the easiest path, um, to comfort, you know, again, that, that ties with easy, right? Like, it's just life is more comfortable if you get, if you could get rid of the Grinches. Like they bring mm-hmm. pain into your life, they bring annoyance into your life. Who wants that, right? Like who would choose that? Nobody, mm-hmm. like nobody in their right mind. And the you know the so why we assume things about them is because it's easier to do that than to actually take the time, hear their story, get to know them. Cindy Lou, who is an odd ball, because. Like if you watch the movie, she has to go through this long process of interviewing people and and like she has to do hard work to get to know the Grinch and understand who he is. Most of us don't want to do that. Honestly, right. it could be laziness, could just be ease. Don't want to mess up my life. You know, it's messy too, right? You know, one thing that we, we say every once in a while around church is we want to run to the mess, but mm-hmm. that's not natural for us to like run into the mess of people's lives. That's what Cindy Lou Who does. And so we talk about them because it's easier to assume than get to know. We gossip because, hey, that's, again, it's, it's just our sin nature, right? Mm-hmm. It's just who we are. And we have to fight against that every single day. And we give up on them because, hey, at the end of the day, I don't want to add more pain into my life, more hurt, more stress. I'm trying to get rid of those things. I'm trying to like remove those off my shoulders. And so, hey, if I can get rid of someone who does that constantly in my life, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Cindy Lou, who, uh, he doesn't make it easy for her either. Like not only is she having to do a lot of work, he's pushing back against her work. <laughs> and, um, uh, even in the clip where he's hiding b- behind the Christmas tree and, you know, he's like, there's a little bit of a turn, right. Where he's like, Oh, you think he's sweet. And she says, yes, Merry Christmas. And she starts to walk up the stairs. His next words are like, um, sweet kid terrible judge of character or something like that. You know, like he's still not buying it and is saying like, she's, she's way out to lunch. I'm still like this terrible person. Right. So um, uh, you, you bring up attention in all of that though. And you mentioned it in the message and there's no, what I'm about to ask does not have a solution. So I'm kind of setting you up, I guess, but um, (laughs) um, the, the, the reality that the Grinch is actively doing wrong things trying to hurt people. And, and you encourage us, which I think is absolutely biblical advice to do what Christ did when he was reviled. He didn't revile in return. He, he sets his amazing standard and to even look for view their actions as a cry for help. Right. But the Grinch, like when he's sawing people's bikes in half, when he's burping in people's face, right. Like he's giving that saw to a kid. Like these are actively doing bad things. How do we discern the difference between a person who needs, um, like sit down, like talk to me about why you're being this way versus like call the police or whatever. You know what I mean? Like there's, 
there's a line in there and I don't know how to discern them. Yeah. So like a rule of thumb I always go, go to is one, well, first question I usually ask when, when it's someone, is this person lost or not? You know, do they know Christ or not? Um, I usually, and maybe this is not accurate, but when I look at Jesus's life, he was so quick to give grace and understanding to people who didn't know him. They, why would they act any different? Right. And I think as, as Christ followers, we forget that so much, so much when like we look at the Grinches in our life, we wouldn't be any different if Christ wasn't living in us. And sometimes we're not any different and Christ lives inside of us. <laughs> sure. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I'm quick to give grace to, to people who are lost and don't act the way I do because they don't have the power of Jesus living in me. And so I often give grace. You see Jesus giving grace to, to people who live a radically different way in, in, in his ministry. Uh, and he often didn't give grace and spoke truth to the people who should know better, right? The Christians mm-hmm. who are Grinches like the Pharisees who should have known better, who should have looked different, but didn't. And, you know, so uh, it, this is a hard question. I think part of it is you have to kind of figure out who they are and get to know their story a little bit. I think that gives you a little more guidance uh, in like, Hey, is this person just trying to constantly hurt me? Um, Is this a personal attack? But this is really hard. I don't think there's a perfect answer uh, to that question. I think time helps. So I think if if someone is constantly hurting you Mm -hmm. with no remorse, like I'm not saying it's a bad thing to remove yourself from that relationship, you know, like, no, you probably should. But if someone is hurting you and, and you, you, you look at their story and you're like, man, look at their background, look what they've been through. Like this kind of makes sense. Maybe that's a situation where you step in and say, Hey, let's talk about this. Why are you doing this? You know, I think we just have to, Hey, when you need wisdom, guess what the Bible says to do? Ask for it. And God is really good at using his spirit to move in our hearts, to, to lead us in a direction or not. I think a lot of times we make, we make the call on our own wisdom. And sometimes you just got to stop and say, God, I, I need your wisdom to know how to respond to this person. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to walk away from this relationship or do you want me to invest into it? Mm-hmm. And man, every time I pray to God, he always gives me the wisdom I need. And I, I, I say every time intentionally, like mm-hmm. that's not an exaggeration. That's the real truth. And I just think a lot of times we don't take a pause and just say, God, Hey, I, I need your wisdom in this. I need you to, to lead me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that Paul, Paul gives the out, right? It, if it's possible so much as it depends on you, that's a double disclaimer before the statement of live at peace with everyone. Uh, that's a very realistic command. Um, but at the same time, you know, you said if they're hurting you and the question is like, okay, diagnostic questions would be, how are they hurting you? Like, are we talking about their being unkind at work or they're physically hurting you? Like, those are two different things. Or uh, if they are hurting you and they're not stopping, okay, is this a person in authority? Is this a person who's a friend? Is this a family member? You know, what, what's the relationship status? And all of those kinds of questions are the questions that you can't ask unless you know the situation. You can't know the situation unless you enter into it. You can't do that without empathy. So like, that's kind of along this chain. That's why empathy, I think, ends up being the the gate for all of these conversations is that without entering into the con- the situation, even if you're entering in empathetically to decide that you need to call the cops, you still have to have some degree of understanding of the situation before um, 
you can, you can take action. And so like that empathy is never a bad call. It doesn't mean that you have to be a pushover forever. And it doesn't mean that you should have to receive, for instance, physical pain. Like we, we've talked about the three hurts, like in all of our different environments, especially in student ministry, if you're hurting yourself, if you're planning to hurt somebody else, or you're hurting, you know, other people, like, I think those are the things that we have to be wise about, but 99% of the time when we're talking about difficult people, we're just literally talking about personality quirks that are yep. frustrating. <laughs> we're talking about annoyances. We're not talking about like meta narrative questions about spousal abuse or something. Like we're just talking about my annoying coworkers. So, right. Yeah. I had a teacher come up to me Sunday and say, Hey Drew, thanks for your, for your message. And she said, Hey, I, I teach, uh, in, in the city. And she said, I, ha- I have a couple kids that are just difficult, that are like really hard to teach. They don't want to learn. They're frustrating. And she, she was like, man, when I, t- I took the time to like ask them questions about their home life and ask, you know, what their normal day is like and, and things. She was like, man, it gave me so much grace to help, help these kids. And, 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 empathize with them and, and want to like be a part of their journey and helping them. And I was like, it's a great example of, of kind of what we're talking about. And what's interesting about like Paul's command is I love it. It's, it's kind of two open doors. Like Paul gives us an out to, to give up on some people, right? Like, Hey, Mm -hmm. if it's possible. So like, there are certain situations where you can't live at peace with somebody because they don't want peace. They don't. Mm -hmm. And you know, what I found to be true though, for so many people is we often give up on the people we shouldn't fast and we hang on to the people we should give up on too long. There we go. Come on. And you know, it's, it's like, you know, what I would say as someone, a woman who's being abused, you know, I I've seen this in counseling is that woman hangs on to a man or or vice versa. It could be a, a man hanging on to a woman that constantly abuses them. Someone they should probably walk away from. They're the people that, that they cling on so long. And then there's people who are in, you know, what I call personality differences that they should hang on to the relationship and fight for it. And they're like, ah, forget that, you know? And right. it's interesting to me that, you know, that's not always the case, but what I see a lot in ministry is people give up too fast and then yeah. they hang on too long. And the threshold for hurt or, you know, a hard person is sometimes way too low or sometimes way too high. You know what I mean? We're like, the church ought to be intervening. The law ought to be intervening in some of these cases. And and they haven't to this point. And then in other cases, as you're saying, it's like, wow, that's just normal life. Like we got to step up on the maturity front and the godliness front and having some grace. And I love that empathy thing for the kids, like that teacher, because I think that's the difference, you know, even the video on Sunday of the caseworker from the county saying, um, you know, this eight-year-old will have a bed for the very first time. Well, my goodness, like if, if there's a kid going into a sleeping on a bed for the very first time at eight years old, like how do you think they've been doing in school to this point, right? With that much food insecurity and home insecurity and, and difficulties, like, yeah, they're probably not a great student. And it probably has very little to do with their academic capabilities and has everything to do with their home life. And so if you can, as that teacher did, enter into empathy, you're going to be a radically different teacher and a much better educator. Um, and honestly, just more like Christ. <laughs> and that's what matters. Um, yeah. And I, I think empathy is huge. I, I think that's the thing that really above anything else, Cindy Lou who teaches us is to empathize with the Grinch, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, no one would blame anybody for hating the Grinch. Like, hey, easy standard, like hate the Grinch, right? But I wouldn't touch him with a 39 and a half foot pole, as the song says. <laughs> but like, doesn't God call us to a different standard than everybody else? 
you know, and like Cindy Lou, who is that different standard, she, she sees something different in him and that, that drove her to take action. And I guess that's kind of what I'm calling people to is not to know how to handle every hard situation. Like, man, that's going to take discernment and, and wise counsel, things that we didn't talk about, but like at least empathize with the people who are hard in life, because maybe there is more to the story than just what you see. And I think Christians today, I, I'm so guilty of that. And I, I told a story about it. Like we're quick to judge. We're quick to assume. And maybe we, we, we become slow at those things and try to empathize with what's going on in people's lives. I love it. Thank you. That's super helpful. Thanks for wading through that. And again, kind of a, a no win question, but appreciate you working on it. And uh, we're going to wrap up guys. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening and make sure you send in best Christmas movie of all time podcast at northridgerochester.com. There is coffee on the line. So let's do it. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you next week. <laughs>